If you seriously need to save on groceries and more for less is what you crave, Food City understands the struggle is real. That's why their high-quality store brands are such a great deal. Nobody does quality and savings like Food City. A National Signing Day edition of the EA Show rolls on from Twin Peaks. We are here, North Shore, between Paper Mill and Kingston Pike, right here in West Knoxville. BFL Kevin Simon joins me, Brian Rice, today for signing day. We uh, we did a little in the 9 o'clock hour, memories of Kevin Simon signing day. We've done a little run-through of the prospects. We're going to run through the whole list here in just a moment. Everybody that signed with Tennessee because some of those big offensive names have had their paperwork come through. And again, most of Tennessee's class is here and practicing already, which Josh Heupel has to love. Uh, we'll run through some of those guys. But, Kevin, this is a day that Vol fans and fans of every school look forward to every day. It used to be the one in February. Then they added the date in December. Now this is the signing day. Happy signing day to you. You know what, B. Rice-Aroni? Happy signing day to you. And happy signing day to all y'all out there in Vol Nation listening. You know, it doesn't have the doesn't have the feel that he used to have. But you know what? That's okay. It still gives us an excuse to talk about football. And to be right here at Twin Peaks, each drink scenic views. The holiday season is here. They have uh, gift cards here with the purchase of a gift card. They give you a bonus card. We'll tell you more about that coming up. And uh, it's uh, Santa's little helper week here at Twin Peaks. Uh, they will open up at 11, and we encourage you to come and join us as our shows will be here all day long on through Josh and Swain, on through Tyler and Will here this afternoon live from Twin Peaks. Uh, brief 10 o'clock reset. We'll run through the whole class here. I got to tell you, though, Kevin, you know my wife, Kelly, fairly well. She and Cooper have uh, hung out with us at, uh, at pregame shows. Signing day almost cost me the opportunity to date my now wife because I was working at UT at the time. I didn't love signing day because signing day meant we had to come in at 5 a.m. Because our coach, two coaches go on to have an early morning meeting and then, you know, put out our full presentation starting at 6 a.m. And so I come in. To, she was working at the old Regions Bank branch downtown. May it rest in peace. And I walked in and she goes, are you not so excited about signing day? It's one of my favorite days of the year. And I went, oh, <laughs> She's like, this guy is a jerk. No, it's just that wasn't my thing back then. But now that we're on the media side of it, and I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. I don't have to be there for a meeting. I don't have to have a bad breakfast and sit in a war room. Signing day is great. This is the future of the program, baby. Let's go. See, so signing day had a different meaning for Brian Rice in 2015 yes. than what it does for B. Rice in 2023. Yes. Okay, there you go. Hey, fair, fair enough. You had, some, you had some skin in the game. Yeah, well, it's like noon games. When you're a coach or you're a staff member, you love noon games because it's the only time you're ever going to leave your office when it's still light outside. But as a fan, I don't want to get up early and go to a noon game. You can't tailgate. You can't do anything else. What are we doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all relative to the, to, the, to the perspective of the individual, right? Yeah. All right, let's go through... Tennessee's signing class just in the last uh, hour. We've officially gotten the paperwork in from five-star wide receiver Mike Matthews, 
four-star in-state athlete Boo Carter, who is already practicing with Tennessee, and then quarterback Jake Merklinger, who also already on campus for Tennessee. Uh, those guys, though, represent, I think, a, a real big picture into Tennessee's future. Boo Carter, an in-state guy that you, you really wanted, but also you really didn't want to lose to somebody else. Jake Merklinger is another one of your quarterbacks of the future. And then Mike Matthews is potentially that receiver that you talk about that's the guy coming in as a five-star. He's probably not going to be the guy right from the get-go, but somebody with his talent very well could be. Yeah, there's no doubt. And he's shown that he has a wide catch radius. Um, just some of the catches that he makes. And then also his run after catch stands out. Some of the bubble screens that he'll catch and then making guys miss, stiff arm a guy, take off for a 60, 70-yard touchdown. Um, you know, all great traits to have for a hypo defense that relies on speed and space and playmakers. All right, here is the uh, signing class for Tennessee. Guys that have sent in their letters, their paperwork is done, or they're already on campus. Uh, Jordan Ross, four-star edge rusher out of Vestavia Hills, Alabama. That's the Birmingham area. Uh, 6'4 and a half, 215. Caleb Beasley, corner uh, out of Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. 5'11", 170, a four-star prospect is rated uh, by every service. Uh, Bennett Warren, an offensive tackle, 6'8", 330 out of Sugarland, Texas, a big-body guy, consensus four-star prospect. Peyton Lewis, running back out of Salem, Virginia, uh, six foot, 190 pounds, consensus four-star prospect across the board, uh, one of the top uh, running back prospects in the country. He has sent in his paperwork. William Satterwhite, uh, interior offensive lineman out of Akron, Ohio, 6'3", 295, consensus four-star across uh, the rankings. Max Anderson, an interior offensive lineman out of Frisco, Texas, uh, composite four-star, uh, 6'5", 300, uh, has been uh, committed to Tennessee since June, has sent in his paperwork. Edwin Spillman, linebacker, 6'1", 220, out of Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, consensus four-star prospect. Kellen Lindstrom, edge rusher out of Springfield, Missouri, a composite four-star, 6'6", 240. Jordan Burns, linebacker out of Pace Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, 6'1", 215. Uh, Composite four-star, uh, rated as a four-star by Rivals and ESPN, three-star by 247 and on three. Uh, Jeremiah Hurd, defensive lineman, uh, composite three-star guy out of uh, Rome, Georgia. He has sent in his paperwork, uh, 6'8", 293. And then Carson Gentile, the defensive lineman out of Macaulay School in Chattanooga, uh, 6'4", 236. Consensus three-star prospect, somebody Tennessee staff is uh, really, really high on. Uh, Mike Matthews, wide receiver, consensus five-star, number uh, four prospect uh, in the wide receiver ranks, number six prospect nationally uh, out of uh, Lilburn, Georgia, six foot, 180 pounds. Brandon Staley, wide receiver, uh, consensus four-star out of Aiken, South Carolina, six foot, 180. Then uh, Boo Carter, four-star athlete, 5'10", 180. Before I read the rest of the names, Boo Carter's a defensive back, but I've seen him with the ball in his hands. He's one of those guys that I'm, I may have to give a look on offense somewhere. I know this staff doesn't really do packages with wanting to go fast, but, man, how do you say, Boo Carter, you're only going to touch the ball if you're a returner? You know, I'm sure you've heard of a guy named D. Williams. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen him with the ball in uh -huh. his hands, right? 
Did you see him catch many passes? No, he only caught, I believe, seven passes in his high school career. I, I, I saw him catch a screen. I can't remember when it was. I want to say, say is that is a time in the game when it just didn't matter? So you're getting him some reps. I think maybe he caught like two this year. And he, he did okay. But I, Boo Carter did it in high school. And that's the difference between he D. Williams is this example that he didn't even do it in high school. But he was a dynamic with the ball in his hands, and nobody ever figured out how to get it going. A guy like Boo Carter, I've seen it. I Man, called it. I've I, I seen it too. I've yeah. seen him running yeah. all over yeah. Bearded. Yeah. Sheesh. I mean, it was it was um what was it forty six to seventeen? Something. It was a. Uh, it was ugly. So, sorry, Coach Jones. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, but it was what it was. That second time around, hey, we put up a better fight. But um, but sheesh, uh, Boo Carter was out there getting off. You know, and I think I might coming into the season may have underestimated him a little bit because I saw him in person seven on seven at Powell and felt like he's quicker than fast. Um, That's a good way to put that, and 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 still feel that way. But I mean, but his quickness is—I mean, he's playing at a different speed than pretty much everybody around him at the high school level. So yeah. To put the ball in a guy's hands like that, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. You know, Michigan was trying to recruit him as a two-way guy. They were selling the whole um, Charles Woodson, a Jabril Peppers type of deal. Um, yeah, I could see him doing a little bit of that, which I couldn't see it before. So I know Jason Swain's probably listening to me like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Jason, hey, Jay Swain, I'm changing. I'm changing my, 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 my take. I love me some Boo Carter, too. <laughs> <laughs> he was just fun. I, he and, and Mason Gorey is uh, his teammate is a three-star guy, six foot, uh, six one, one seventy. He's listed as a safety. Man, I, I hate to get the bias of I watched him in person, so I I think a lot more of him than people do. Man, I really like him as a player. Yeah, no, Boo Boo Carter. He's he's one of the best guys in this recruiting class, and a guy who you think has a legitimate shot. To find himself on the field playing some meaningful minutes um, in this Tennessee secondary. Jay Merklinger, Tennessee's uh, four-star quarterback out of Savannah, Georgia, has officially sent in his paperwork, 6'3", 195. Uh, you're still – and then Gage Ginther, offensive tackle out of uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, rated as a four-star by ESPN and rivals, three-star by on three and 24-7. He's the number one player, though, consensus out of the state of Colorado – Passed on signing with Dion, they continued to pursue him, and he held strong with Tennessee, and now is sent in his paperwork as well, and is believe on campus, uh, starting practice. Uh, new tight end commitment: Cole Harrison, six six two fifteen, out of San Mateo, California. He's a consensus three star guy. But Kevin, I know somebody that you're excited about. I actually saw him in person uh, on campus this past weekend. He's going to have to put on some weight, but they're excited about what his prospects are both short-term and long-term. Bay Area. Hey, you got to love those Bay Area guys from <laughs> NorCal um, making the trip, you know, all the way from 408 in the South Bay, San Mateo, where he's, where he's from, to come all the way out here to the 865. Um, man, I'm excited. Um, you know, Cole plays for Patrick Walsh at Sarah High School. 
Patrick Walsh, for those who don't know, which nobody listening to this does, <laughs> but Patrick Walsh, he's the all-time leader in touchdowns in Dale South history, played running back um, in the early 90s, you know, scored 48 touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he's a 5'6", 185-pound Caucasian man, you know what I'm saying, doing his thing. But, um, man, he was my running backs coach and my hitting coach in baseball at Dale South. He runs or uh, he's at the helm of, of Sarah High School and Sarah has basically overtaken all Northern California schools as being the destination, even more so than De La Salle. Beat them earlier this season and um Sarah's played for the state championship the past two seasons. So he's coming from good stock. Cole's coming from uh from a good program, um, knows how to work. And he's going to have to have some work to do to you know, try to get his weight up, as you would say, when you saw him getting a little Lululemon uh, ball gear. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just seeing everybody in the ball shop. And yeah, I, I believe the uh, statement was made uh, by someone I shouldn't have overheard. And we're going to need to get him in a bigger size by the time he's here next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, listen, I know Kurt Schmidt and those guys, they can get it done. The nutrition down there at Smokey's is second to none. Um, As so, we can both attest from some time when we worked there, uh, it, it helped. Uh, it helped me get my way up. Yeah, they stir fry <laughs> omelets in the morning. I mean, anything you can think of eating, they got it. So it's a it's a pretty good deal for those guys over there. Let me ask you this about the strength staff, because a lot of a lot of programs make strength staffs kind of more public and and stars and things like that. These guys work more quietly. They I don't want to say work in the shadows because that's not accurate. What is the strength staff? What is its identity as they're trying to get guys and put them in the right position? Well, I think every coach has a coach with his own personality. You know that just from being around uh, different guys. Kurt Smith, if you've ever been around him, I think he's he's a he's very unassuming. Probably more 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 on the introverted side, um, and he just puts his head down and just goes about his business. Um, and that's what he expects from everybody that works with him underneath. Now, guys underneath them, they you know they'll have more juice, so they they're putting their own flavor on it. Again, everybody has to coach with them their own personality. But you know, just just kind of like when we we're talking about signing day for me, you know, and Fox Fox wanted, hey, you want to be on national television? Nah, I don't. That's kind of how Kurt is. Like you know, he doesn't feel like he has to be the face of what's going on. You got coach hype for that. Um, but you know, make no, no doubt they're getting the work in, they're getting the work done. I mean, and, and you can attest by guys who've changed their bodies and made progress. I mean, think so with, with Jane Pierce and uh, Joshua Jones, both those guys came in at 215 pounds. They played this past season at 245 pounds. You know what I'm saying? So that's 30 pounds of lean muscle mass. Uh, put on in a year and a half's time. It's pretty good. Uh, by the way, you mentioned James Pierce Jr. I uh, should note the charges that he had from a driving-related incident a, a few weeks back have been dropped. He uh, got a valid driver's license in North Carolina. Everything's good to go with him. All that's been dropped and, and I'm told can be taken off his record uh, here in about six months. So. Yeah, get that thing expunged and, and all is right in the world. You just... You always hear about it when it makes the headlines, but not when it's actually uh, disposed of. But he's made everything right there. He's good to go. Uh, so that uh, coming out uh, sometime yesterday. So looking forward to uh, him being back on the field 
you get some guys that you have to do a little growing up. They do. They have to grow up on the football field. You also have to help them through it. And that was, I think that was a good example of, hey, let this be the time that we have to learn from and not something else. And that's what he's done, and everything's good to go there. So, Yeah, I think, like, just from a life skill standpoint, you know, you, part of player development is, is it's, it's all aspects. It's not just on the field. It's not just in the weight room. You know, it's not just as a student, you know, but it's it's spiritually, it's socially, it's it's kind of understanding just how the world turns. And, you know, you got to have insurance, you got to have a valid license, you know, all those different types of things. So, I mean, is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, it's, it's really a slap on the wrist. I actually, I get discouraged. I'm like, well, why are we putting this on? You know, like, why is this, why is this news? Like, the guy, it's a traffic stop. You know, I mean, so anyway. So he's good to go now. Yeah, he's fine. That's good. Uh, that's Kevin no, Simon. No one's worried about it. No, right? no. He's ready to go uh, take somebody's head off in the bowl game. I like that. Just, hey, all this uh, all this aggression you have built up, go take it out on that guy. There you go. That guy. Sack sandwich. Let's go sack the quarterback. Let's do it. That's Kevin Simon. I'm Brian Rice. We'll come back. More of a National Signing Day coverage from right here at Twin Peaks. Each drink scenic views. We'll tell you about their holiday specials. When we come back on the EA Show. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. 865-656-9900. If you want to join us, you can call us. You can text us here on the EA Show with Kevin Simon. Brian Rice with you on this beautiful National Signing Day. We're coming to you live from Twin Peaks, where the countdown to Christmas is on. Take a break at Twin Peaks. Bring the crew for a holiday celebration. And if you need last-minute gifts, grab a Twin Peaks gift card in-store through Christmas Eve and score a bonus card for yourself valid anytime in January. And oh, by the way, Santa's little helpers have made their way from the North Pole to Twin Peaks starting today all week long. It's the Red Hot Costume Party with specials on favorite drafts, cocktails, and more. Merry Christmas and Happy National Signing Day from Twin Peaks. 865-656-9900. Brandon on the text box. Kevin asks, of the new recruits, who do you think makes the quickest impact? Well, we were just talking about them. And as Jason Swain would say, I love me some Boo Carter. All right. <laughs> nah, I think he has a chance to, to make the quickest impact. And, Brian, to your point, what – like, think about tra Travis Hunter. I mean, there's, there's there was games where he played 141 snaps, 160 snaps some games going both ways. Why not use a guy – it's, it's all about resources. And one of the things – 
with um, with with Pruitt. I don't be you know I know how you feel about Jerry Pruitt, but we felt like we weren't as talented as other programs, namely being Georgia and Alabama. So when we had a guy who had a history of playing on one side of the ball or the other, we would tap into that from time to time. So uh, with Carverius Crouch, who was a high school running back, and our running backs with Ty Chandler and, um, and Jabari Small and some of the guys at the time, they were smaller, smaller guys. So we had a package on short yardage and on the goal line where we would bring Carverius Crouch in. And, um, and it worked, you, you know. Okay, so let me ask you something about that specifically, because Eric and I talked about this a lot when it happened. How do you balance his physical ability versus you're going to put the ball in the hands of somebody who hasn't carried the ball this whole game in perhaps your most important situation of the game? Where do you balance that of we need to maximize this to try to sh to shorten that gap between us and the top programs versus if he fumbles it, everybody's going to be mad at us? So... Converting first downs matters. Staying on the fields matters. When it's third and one, uh, th when it's third and goal from the one or, or third and goal from the two, scoring touchdowns matters. And we were having issues scoring when we get in the red zone, namely because we we weren't throwing the football very effectively. Um, you know, with Garantano and and you know all the stuff we were dealing with there. Um, I mean, I can't think of a time where he fumbled. Right. I mean, he didn't. He specifically didn't, yeah. No. So, I mean, I think you can live in your fears if you want, or you can say, all right, this guy's 6'2 and 245 pounds and one of the strongest guys on our team. Oh, and by the way, he's carried the ball for over 3,000 yards in his high school career. Hand the man the running back. <laughs> all right. Hand the, hand the man the ball and let him go and score this touchdown. So, um, so I think that's – that was where Pruitt was coming from, and uh, and Cheney and guys, you know, they felt they felt the same about it. So, so that's what we did. I mean, so think about so think about AJ Johnson, right? Beast package. The beast package. Why? We didn't have a short yardage running back, so they put him in the wildcat, and this man scored touch. I mean, he lay literally like had like like ten touchdowns and ran for like sixty yards one year. You know what I'm saying? Like to me. If you're not as deep as other programs, and listen, unfortunately, folks listening, we are not as deep as Alabama, and we're not as deep as Georgia. So you're going to have to take a guy and utilize his skill set from time to time. I just think that's just smart, just um, utilizing all the resources on your roster instead of letting a guy sit over there and collect dust um, when he could be doing something else for you. I'll be interested to see how they use Boo Carter. Because I think all those are great points. And also, he's a guy who can make an instant impact as a defensive back as well. Because that's a position where there's going to be a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition right now in bowl practice for young guys that are going to have to step up and play. But there's also going to be a ton of competition in spring practice at a place where Willie Martinez, though he's been much maligned by some in the fan base, He's a guy who's developed a lot of NFL players. He's also had a position group that has underachieved the last couple of years. So that, to me, there's a lot of competition, a lot of a lot of available snaps there for all these guys to get through. Yeah, I think like I, don't know, I, I can't co-sign on Willie Martinez like the guys underachieving. I mean, yeah. they played better as a as a whole. The whole defense played better this past year. And you no, know, are we getting our hands on as many footballs? No, we're not. But guess what? Like. 
let's go back to 2022. When you're scoring 46 points a game, guess guess what the other team's doing? They know you're going to score. Yeah. So they're throwing the ball downfield early, you know, trying to trying to keep up. So the way we play, the way we want to play offense is not conducive to playing great defense. Like I've said this before, we will never, and I'll stand by this, we will never, never have a top three defense in the SEC playing offense the way we do because our guys are going to be on the field for way too many snaps. It's just, it's impossible to play football the way that we, so we talk about complimentary football, going at tempo and putting up a bunch of points, like it's never going to be conducive to playing top three defense in this conference. Now, you could play middle-of-the-pack defense. And that's that's the, really what you're hoping for. Yeah, if you're and that's middle what we're of the doing pack. right now. And that's what we just did this past season. Yeah, if you're middle-of-the-pack with an elite offense, you're going to have a chance to win every game you play. Every game you play. That's And that, I guess that's the step that I, I think it's easy to rip on the defense when you're looking at it from the outside. But realizing that, you're not necessarily – you always aspire to be the best defense you can. But realizing that – Playing middle-of-the-pack defense is winning football for you because of the way you play offense. They got to get better on third down, and that was the yes. bugaboo two years ago yes. was these teams go on a long drive. Well, if you get off the field, it doesn't matter. If you stop them on – get them on third and nine, you need to get that stop on third and nine. Yeah, and that's – so So if anybody wants to be upset, be upset about that because that is a real issue. And, um, and that has not always been exactly how they want. You know, so – yeah, that needs to get better, and and I believe that it will continue to get better. You know, Tim Banks, his staff, those guys, they, they know what they're doing. They do a good job. But solving the riddle on third down, I think it's going to take um, a little bit of variation. Um, you know, it was on with Chris Lowe, Jason Swain, and we had Derek Mason on. It was about a month ago. Uh, on um, of, uh, The Nation, yeah. Yeah, of all nation. And um, – you know, asked him about third down defense and what he, his thoughts on it. He's like, listen, he's like, you got to realize offenses spend all day long dreaming up plays in the red zone so they can go score. All day long dreaming up plays on third down so they can get a first. So if you're not spending just as much time on defense doing the same things, you know, dreaming up different calls um, in the red zone or on third down, then he's like, then he's like, I think that might be a mistake. Um, he's like, because anytime these guys can study you and pick you off, they know what you're going to be in. He's like, you're making it easy for them. And there's a there's a cat and a mouse to that because you want the guys to be comfortable understanding what they do. You want things that they can execute in their sleep. But within that, there's also where you get where you get predictable in your play calling. And and listen, some people can be predict predictable because they're just that good. Um, you know, got, they got the Jimmys and Joes. You know and, what Alabama and Georgia are going to do, and they do it anyway. There you go. There you go. Um, for for everybody else, you know, this is usually not the case. So um, so that's that's a, I think it's a it's a style philosophy thing that um, that they have to figure out. But we have to we have to get better on third down. So I would be upset about that. But don't be upset because oh my gosh, the corners are making. Unless they're going to give up plays because people are going to be jacking the field down the field on them. You know what I'm saying? So I think within what's going on, they've done a good job um, in the secondary, limiting some plays. And here's the thing that that I'll say. Let's let's say that Boo Carter shows shows what he can do and he can start a safety. He has more range than Tank McCullough. He's a better athlete than Tank McCullough. I've seen Boo Carter pick off 
Oh, man. I, I think he had like five interceptions when I was at Pal. He, he has great ball skills. And his ability to anticipate and break on the ball early, and he doesn't miss opportunities. He's not putting money on the floor. When the ball come, when he's playing defense and the ball comes his way and he gets his hands on it, he's cashing in for a turnover. So is, is it more important for this defense next year to get better at safety or corner? Corners are more important because they because if you have a corner with man ability, he can deny the ball, and that's what you want to do on third down. That's when we start to play tight. That's when we're playing man, a man concept, or a um, of some sort, um, whether it be you know, a, I know offense guys call it one one funnel. We call it man free, you know, where you're manned up five across the board. You have one free defender in the hole in the middle, and then you have a deep middle field safety, and everybody plays on the outside tip of the receiver's shoulder to kind of funnel them inside. But um, I would say being a better corner is more important. Um, but but you want good safeties too, because guess what? Everybody knows when things go wrong, when they score a touchdown on offense and the ball gets thrown over your head. Safety uh, can clean some of that up. That's Kevin Simon. I'm Brian Rice. We'll come back. Uh, Rick in the text box wants you to put on your predicting hat. We're gonna do that when we come back. Right here to Twin Peaks National Signing Day coverage. They open at 11, and when they open, uh, that draft beer is gonna be at 29 and a half degrees. Ooh. Come in and celebrate National Signing Day with us. It's hot. It's Christmas week as well. So just uh, tell the boss, can't come back for the afternoon. Going to go to Twin Peaks, celebrate Signing Day with the sports animal here in Knoxville. And then maybe, uh, you know, after you've had some fun, then go do the Christmas shopping. You know what? I may have one with you if you come down. Come on down. <laughs> you got. You just have to wait till noon. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fine. At least hey, noon, noon, noon. The time is right. At least from a, you know, everybody's seeing it standpoint. We'll come back here to Twin Peaks. Each drink, scenic views, national signing day on the Eric Gaines show. The Lady Vols took down Wofford last night at the Food City Center, 85 to 63 to improve to six and five on the season. Jewel Spear pours in 18 points in the win. Two other Lady Vols in double figures, Caroline Striplin, Sarah Puckett, 16 and 12 respectively. Tennessee takes an 11-day break before traveling to play Liberty on New Year's Eve over in Lynchburg. Oregon State transfer defensive back Jermon McCoy committed to Tennessee early this morning. McCoy becomes the third transfer to commit to Tennessee alongside fellow DB from MTSU, Jacoby Thomas, and Notre Dame tight end Holton Stays. National Signing Day ramping up this morning. 20 of Tennessee's 21 commits in the class of 2024 have signed the dotted line, their letter of intent to play for the Big Orange next season. Tennessee's class ranks 13th overall in the country, according to On3 and 247 Sports. More EA Show with Brian Rice is on the way next. VFL Kevin Simon in for EA today as the show is over at Twin Peaks. Have a wonderful morning. I'm Tommy Sweat. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Oh, what's going on out there right now is it is Christmas week. Josh Heupel's unwrapping the presents of the signing class. We are here at Twin Peaks where it is Santa's little helper week. Join them all week. 
The Red Hot Costume Party specials on the favorite drafts. Nobody does happy hour like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, everything from cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails, served over ice balls, local craft beers, handcrafted cocktails, an adventurous drink menu that is second to none. Don't forget, 29-degree drafts. Right now, it's 27.8 degrees. They're getting ready to crack that when they open here. In about 19 minutes, hope you'll join us for lunch and all through the day here on signing day, all the way through uh, dinner time with uh, Tyler and Will this afternoon. All right. Kevin Simon in the text box. Rick wants you to put on your prediction cap. Said you nailed eight and four this past season. Can we get a way too early prediction on Tennessee 2024 based only on what we know now? What's the way too early prediction? I'm afraid that we haven't done enough at the wide receiver position to make me feel good about changing that. So I'm saying eight and four is what I see at this point. And obviously, you know, that could be changed. Um, You know, obviously, if somebody ascends, we have to be able to create more explosive plays offensively. The one difference maker on offense that we had this past season, Jalen Wright's gone. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Sampson's really good. And and I think Jabari Small will probably move on as well. Sampson's good. He, he's good, but he's not he's not Jalen Wright. There is a difference. And I think that um I mean I love Dylan Sam, but but the speed, Jalen Wright's speed, it's it's different. So, um, so I worry about that part. I worry about that part for us to create explosive um, pass plays. Um, you know, I know from what we were hearing from down there on campus. You know, they felt like tight end was our biggest need. You know, I I could find you a tight end. <laughs> on the roster, I mean, you know, I mean, we, you know, we had, we moved Vic McClure. Mick, Vic McClure is a backup yeah. offensive tackle, and we moved him to tight end. Well, I think he was wearing like number ninety-three, and guess what? It worked just fine. Justin Reed was our punter, but he was six seven and two hundred sixty pounds. He punted, and then uh, well, I want to say one of the Colquitts. Yeah, the Colquitts came in, and he wasn't a punter anymore. Yeah, he wasn't a punter anymore. So to tight end, he went. You know, so I mean, it, I could find a tight end. Right and um, and Holden State, you know, 15 catches. Uh, I want to say it was 141 yards, four touchdowns. Those four touchdowns came in the first three games of the season. Okay, that's great. But I mean, just in terms of moving the needle on this offense being explosive, I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm gonna go eight and four right now. I might feel differently when we get to when we get to September. Let's say you get a game breaker at wide receiver. Wait, wait, wait. Can, you, I, say, can I say this yes. real quick? Yeah. Aiden four, but a different looking Aiden four than what we just saw because we were non competitive in those four losses against um, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and uh, Missouri. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Missouri. She, don't, they they don't, turn out don't, to be a good team, but it don't me, matter. Don't put me in a bad mood, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking about You and Swain talking about Missouri. I don't like I'm just going to be grumbling game. the rest of the afternoon. I don't like talking about that Missouri game. It just, I don't know. It's just like, a, it was like an out-of-body experience. Like, yeah. who are these guys? Yeah. You know, seven points? So you add a game, uh, I don't know about a game breaker. You add a game changer as an offensive weapon and wide receiver. Mike Matthews steps up. One of the guys on your roster steps up. Brew McCoy isn't that speed guy, but he has a bunch of catches, opens things up. 
You add that. How? What is the ceiling then if, if you have that? Yeah, so if you do that, then the ceiling to me is 9-3. and three. I don't envision us going 10-2. and two. Um, Yeah, I think that there's going to be some growing pains with Nico in his first year starting. Um, from an offensive line standpoint, I don't, you know, I don't think we're the, quite there yet. You know, we need some more, some more pieces in general. And when I say some more, probably comes in the way of about three to five starters on each side of the ball type difference to be able to get to that 10 and two level. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up uh, this hour of the show. We'll get a VFL and the NFL update real quick. We'll also uh, refresh some of the guys that have sent in their information. Who are you waiting on and uh, what's still out there for Tennessee? That's next as we return to Twin Peaks here on the Eric Ains Show. All right, Kevin, if you're drafting or you're recruiting Christmas songs, what's the five-star no-doubt recruit? Who, who are you going with? You know, this one going right now, it's pretty good. Pretty high. You know, what's the um, – so can I go the underrated route? I yes. think that's the five-star. Yes. Okay. The underrated route is uh, – but, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, okay. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. It is? Yeah. In today's culture, everybody, it makes some people uncomfortable, but it's classic. Well, I mean, come on. So it's, does everything else. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's – All right, I'll, I'll give you an underrated – to some people, but I was partial to it because she performed it every year on the last David Letterman show before Christmas, and that was Darlene Love, Baby, Please Come Home. It is Christmas, the snow's coming down, Christmas, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say on the radio. Yeah, but, you are. No, you just did good. Uh, so, Kelly no, it's, approves. It's literally in my contract. I'm not supposed to sing on the radio. But uh, Cooper Cooper wants to hear some more. Hey, uh, he he probably did. I guarantee he's listening driving around the car right now. Cooper, but, la la la. Cooper, uh, listen to your mom, please, please. <laughs> she's she's had enough for the week. Uh, so you're trying to you know recruit all those and bring them in the house and it's Christmas week. Feeling it, feeling the spirit. Josh Heupel's feeling the spirit because he's got a class that he likes. Where it ranks in the SEC between sixth and eighth, depending on who you ask. How do you take the next step when the teams in front of you are selling playoff, they're selling high NIL money, you have a, team, a program like Ole Miss that's behind you in every other metric but is pulling guys in the portal. How do you move up recruiting with a class that you're proud of, top 15 nationally, but eighth in your conference? Yeah, and, and you know, therein lies the question, right? So a part of me was hoping that there would be this wave, this this movement of players that they wanted to come play with Nico. They wanted to come be a part of um, of his era at Tennessee. Um, you know, he has such an infectious personality, right? A magnetic personality. People like just like being around him. And it doesn't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the boat. I'm I'm just I'm not seeing the returns of signing Nico. All right, you have a unbelievable 2022 season, a iconic win against Alabama. Thinking we're going to see the returns in 2023, and I don't quite feel like we're seeing the returns of 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 the 22 season. 
2023. A vision of what, hey, here's how it looks at its best. Um, you know, so, and then I, I guess lastly, you have a, you have a, a Blendikoff winner, the, the first in Tennessee's history. You have Kelsey Pope, who's still here coaching them. Yep. I mean, it's been wide receiver. We, we put a bunch of guys in the NFL. You turn on any NFL game, and there's a good, there's a good chance you're going to see one of a Tennessee wide receiver. If you turn on an NFL game at some levels this year, you're seeing a guy that was on the field last year, Cedric Tillman, moves into being a starter with the Browns over the last few weeks, and then Jalen Hyatt's been making an impact since day one. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, so you got skins on the wall. Like, we're showing you, hey, here's our guys in the NFL. But we're – like, we're signing two receivers in this class. And, yes, and Mike Matthews is a five-star. But I, I just – where's you the start people would want to yeah. come and, and play in this. I, I've been a little surprised by that, too, because when this offense cooks, it gets the attention on you as a receiver, as a running back, as a quarterback. I, I even think from the running back position – and you got a guy that you really like out of the state of Virginia. But I think at the running back position – some guys say, I don't want to share carries. Other guys are saying, I can go score 10 touchdowns and have half as many hits on my knees as a guy that's at another spot. And I, I, you did the scouting. Guys only have so many carries in them. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, it's running back is the shortest shelf life in the NFL. For the guys who make the 53-man roster, the average career in the NFL is 2.1 years. Average career in the NFL overall is three years. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, but no doubt. So, you know, I, guys, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just being negative. Right. But, but, but I am a little surprised that it hasn't moved the needle more so. Well, I mean, it seemingly hasn't moved the needle much at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because we had a better recruiting class by the ranking system last year than what we have this year. And I don't know, I just felt like 2022, the season, how it looked with a, would have done a little bit more to move the needle than what it's done. That's Kevin Simon. I'm Brian Rice. We will roll on one final hour of the EA show straight ahead on National Signing Day from Twin Peaks. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.